Welcome to this sermon podcast from Myo Baptist Church, and thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that God's Word will be an encouragement to you and a reminder that the Bible has all the answers to living a successful and fulfilled life. Again, thanks for listening. We now join the service in progress. Pastor. <clears throat> all right, let's change gears. Our final installment of our sessions on missions. This morning it's entitled, Why It Is Important to Give to Missions. Now don't get nervous, don't get nervous. Yes, we're going to be talking about money. Yes, we're going to be talking about giving. And in my many years involved in ministry, I've seen this approach different ways. I've seen some pastors get up in the pulpit and try to tell the most awful sob story in the world to try to get your wallet out and empty it out and your tears running down your cheeks, and I'm, I'm not going to do that. I've, I've seen other pastors get up, and I really have just intimidate people that if you don't give to missions, you're lower than a snake belly. You say, oh, pastor, have you heard that? Oh, yes. Yes, I've heard that. No, I'm, I'm not going to do that either. I'm just going to make the case, Okay. And so I, I think you ought to be giving to missions. And then it's, it's up to you and the Lord, okay? I'm not going to twist your arm, not going to intimidate you, and I'll never know what you do. I don't see the giving record here at the church. I don't want to see the giving record here, here at the church. I simply want to make the case. Now, when it comes, and I'm talking about giving above or in addition to tithes and your tithe, okay? Now, when it comes to the tithe, I can be a little more specific. When it comes to the tithe, it's 10%. I mean, do the math. And the Bible says that it ought to be regularly given. But not so much with missions. I'm not going to tell you how much to give. I'm not going to tell you how often to give. That's between you and the Lord. But I think we can make the case this morning that you ought to be involved. And then it's up to you. You pray about it. And maybe you're already giving. You might be praying about whether the Lord would want you to give more to missions. Or maybe right now you just give a tithe for which we are grateful. But I would want you to consider maybe doing a little bit more. Because what we're going to be talking about today, I really believe, is giving on top of tithes. Or in addition to tithes. So if you'll let me just make the case from Scripture, and then it's between you and the Lord, okay? Philippians 4.19 says, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now that's encouraging right there. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. This is probably one of the most often quoted verses in all of scripture. And may I say this? Probably 99% of the time it's taken out of context. And it does not mean what the average person thinks that it means. You have to, because we want to get it right here at Myo Baptist Church. We want to be accurate in our interpretation. I'm not going to be one of these smooth-talking preachers that's going to try to make it mean what I think it ought to mean. We want to look at this in context. In fact, I'm not the only one that believes that we often get it wrong, this particular verse. In fact, look at this quote. This verse is often yanked out of context as a blank check from God and is emblazoned on everything from t-shirts to coffee mugs. However, 
Verse 19 is not a blank check. It is not a promise of prosperity. Here is what many people miss when they take Philippians 4.19 out of the context of generous, even sacrificial giving by the Philippian church. Yes, God can and will meet your needs. But this verse, it's important that you understand the context. And when you understand the context, then you will understand that this verse is conditional. God will do this if you are first doing this. goes on to say, yes, it is a trustworthy promise from God. But taken in context, it is a conditional promise. In effect, God says, if you honor me with your finances, like the church at Philippi had done, then I, then I will meet all your needs. This verse was a promise to Christians who had given financially to support the missionary effort of the Apostle Paul. And I believe this principle established then continues on to this day, whereas today, if you support missions, then God will meet your needs. Understand the background of this story. This is a letter, the book of Philippians is actually a letter written to the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul was really like the first official missionary of Christianity. And on his second missionary journey, he went to the city of Philippi, and there he witnessed the people. People got saved, and he organized them into a church, and he left to continue his missionary journeys, but the Philippian church remained as a, as a faithful congregation. On his third missionary journey, he revisited that church at Philippi, had friends there, people that had gotten saved under his ministry, and appreciated his leadership in that church. But we find Paul now in Rome in prison. And this is a letter, the book of Philippians is a letter written from that church to the apostle Paul who is now in prison. And what this really is, this letter from Paul to the Philippian church, to a great degree, it's a thank you note. He is thanking them for their support of his missionary effort. Let's read what he says at the end of this thank you letter, if you will, beginning in uh, chapter 4, verse number 10. He tells the people this, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly. That now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein ye were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. He is saying, I am so happy, writing that out. I am so happy. You cared for me before, perhaps that's referring to when he lived among them as a missionary, those two times he visited with them. He is expressing the fact that now they, their care for him has flourished again. He said, now you haven't had a lot of opportunity to, to help me. He says, but I'm grateful for the opportunity now. And you've got to remember the day and age in which they live. He's moving. You know, where is Paul? If we want to help him, how do we help him? What does he need? Nobody knows. Well, where is he if we, if we were going to send him some help? And so he says, you lacked opportunity to help me. 
And then he puts it in some context in verse number 11. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I've learned, in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. He said, I'm grateful for your support now. Thank you for the gift that you sent me. And then he kind of reflects. He says, yes, it's been hard at times, but I've learned that, you know, as a missionary, I'm going to just keep moving forward, whether I get support or not. He says, verse number 12, I know how to be abased, go through hard times, and I know how to abound. Because no doubt along the way where he was ministering, there would be people that cared for him, and he was grateful for that. But he says, everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. He's kind of summarizing his life. There's been times that are good. There's been times as a missionary it's been bad. And what he's concluded is that I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Now, having said that, that he's learned to be basically independent and to depend upon the Lord, he says, notwithstanding, he said, nevertheless, ye have done well, that ye did communicate with my affliction. He's telling them quite honestly, I've learned to just make it on my own, but thank you for communicating. Thank you for, for, for caring. Thank you for, for giving with my affliction, my, my need. He's acknowledging that as a missionary, he had some needs. Then in verse number 15, he says, Now ye Philippians, again, he knows these folks. A lot of these folks were saved under his ministry. They had an affection for him. He had an affection for them. He's now in prison in Rome. So he says, Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, this is sad, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving. He was what you would truly call an under-supported missionary. No church concerning giving and receiving. He says, but ye only. He says, for even in Thessalonica ye sent once and again unto my necessity, not because I desire a gift, but, as, but I desire fruit that may remain, that may abound to your account. There had been times in the past that this church tried to help him and did help him some, but for the most part, he had gone without. And his main concern and his main appreciation for their help was that he wanted them to be credited by the Lord for the souls or the fruit that he saw in his efforts. He knew that with teamwork, that would, as we say, make the dream work. And then he says in verse number 18, But I have all and abound. Now, why? I am full. I mean, he's really upbeat. Having received of Epaphroditus, that's the messenger that brought the gift, the things that were sent from you, he describes as, a, as an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice, acceptable, well-pleasing to God. And then he says, in this context, due to the fact that these people helped this missionary, in that context, he says, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And he closes the thank you note by saying, now unto God 
and our Father be glory forever and ever. Paul was a very dedicated missionary sent by the church at Antioch to spread the gospel around the world. As he was making his journeys, part of the time he worked with his hands. He was a tent maker. He earned some money uh, to be able to stay on the field doing that. And we read here that very few churches actually supported him financially. He says he wasn't discouraged. He kept on going anyway. But he's acknowledging here that he is thrilled, that he's encouraged, that the Philippians thought of him, took up an offering, if you will, and sent it to him. And he let them know, again, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, I might add, that God is going to bless them for their efforts. God would not ignore the sacrifice of these individuals or this church. He let them know quite clearly that their needs would be met by God. And I think in that story, for those that might need some help in the area of missions, these verses are telling us and giving us some very sound reasons why you and I as individuals and why we as a church should be giving to missions. How it should be something at the forefront of, our, of what it means to be a Christian. That it not be on the back burner. And from this story, this passage we just read, I think it's clearly evident four very important reasons that I want you to consider this morning as to why, if you're giving to missions directly already, you might consider giving more if the Lord lays it on your heart. Or if right now you're not giving to missions specifically, reason that you might want to consider doing so. Number one. It's important to give to missions for what it means to the missionaries. Verse number 10, Paul says, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again. It is a wonderful opportunity when you give to encourage missionaries. And one of the ways we encourage missionaries is that it meets the needs of missionaries. And just as Paul was encouraged by their support, that story continues today because missions didn't end with Paul. Missions began with Paul. And the story continues. And as I've said here recently, there's no more of the Bible being written today, but that doesn't mean the story isn't going on. God's plan isn't going on. We're just in a latter chapter that's that's still being written, in, in a sense, in this world. And just as Paul says that he was... He rejoiced greatly. (coughs) That's so important for us to understand that it's no different today. That these missionaries who are willing to pack up and uh, oftentimes go uh, to the far corners of the earth, how encouraging it is for them not just to have their needs met, but to, to know that they're not forgotten. And what a blessing it is to know that you, when you put something in the offering plate specifically for missions, that that's going to help a missionary, that should motivate. I mean, whenever we have, the Bible says when we have opportunity to do good, we, we need to do it. And one of the best ways that we have opportunities to do good is to encourage missionaries around the world that are 
taking to, to the world the greatest news that they can possibly ever hear. Number two, it's important to give to missions for what it means <coughs> to the lost people that are being reached. In Philippians 4.17, he says, Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. Now, if you go and you study verse number 17 and how different people interpret it, some will interpret fruit in different ways as to what that means. But I believe that when he talks about that I desire fruit that may abound to your account, I think he's talking about the souls that have been saved through his effort on the foreign field. And he's saying, listen, because I'm out here, and because other missionaries are out here, there are people that are getting saved that perhaps would not be saved were it not for the missionary efforts. And here we see that fruit represents lost people who have found eternal life. Fruit represents lost people who have found joy and peace in Christ. <clears throat> and as the Philippians had experienced the effort of Paul as a missionary coming to their town, witnessing to them, them getting saved, them experiencing salvation, them experiencing the peace and joy that comes with salvation, as they had experienced that, no doubt they wanted others to experience that. And if Paul was willing to be sent, they were willing to sin. And they were willing to put their hand in their pocketbook to put their money where their mouth is, so to speak, and make sure that he is sent to them. And the thought that you and I here can affect a soul in Taiwan or a soul in Brazil or a soul in Mexico is just an intriguing thought that we can make a difference. It's important to give to missions for what it means to the missionaries. It's important to give to missions for what it means to those lost people that hear the missionary. Thirdly, it's important to give to missions for what it means to God. Philippians 4, verse 18. Paul said, but I have all and abound. I am full. I mean, he's just bursting with joy that these people hadn't forgotten him and they're helping him. Having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, and then he says this, <coughs> an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable. He's saying, all that you've done for me, this is well-pleasing to God. In that verse, we see that God sees your sacrifice as a sweet smell. And God is obviously well-pleased with giving two missions. It's wonderful to know that you and I can do something that is well-pleasing to God. We know that probably often we do things that are not pleasing to God. Amen? When you have an opportunity to make it right and do something that is pleasing to Him, I would think we would want to jump on it. And this we don't have to wonder, because you might wonder, well, what would be well-pleasing to God? Well, how about Philippians 4.18, where they gave to Paul, and it is said it was well-pleasing to God. It's important to give to missions for what it means to God. I think we do enough to get on God's bad side. I do, anyway. 
I think it's important to do things that we know are well-pleasing to God. And on this one, we don't have to think about it. But there's a fourth reason that, I, that you need to consider giving to missions. It's important to give to missions for what it means to you. Now we get to that verse that's personal. Where Paul said in verse number 19, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And this verse is telling us that God's going to meet your needs. God is quite capable of meeting your needs, we see in that verse. That's not necessarily a promise that God's going to make you rich. But God will meet your needs. And every one of us have needs. We have basic needs. And if you are involved in giving to missions and you say, well, how much? Well, that's between you and God. For somebody in this room, it might be a dollar a week. For somebody in this room, it might be $100 a week. That's, that's between you and God. If you were to ask me what I think you should get, I, I, I wouldn't give you an answer. I don't know. That's between you and the Lord. But we do know this. That when you do something for God, he takes note of it, and he is going to be a blessing to you. He is going to meet your needs. Let me me share with you something here that I've never done in all my 28 years here, and shame on me for having never done it, but I'm going to do it right now. I want you to see a list of people that are blessed through this church. We support the following missionaries. We send them a gift, like the gift that was sent to the Apostle Paul. We send to Garth Piper in New Zealand a gift that the work in New Zealand would continue. We send, this church supports Eric Graham, his family in South Africa. We support this church Timothy Dysart and his family, missionaries to Spain. We support, and in many cases, we have supported these people for years. Some more recently, but some as long as I've been here. Gary Trometer and his wife in Brazil. Matt Jones, his family in Thailand. We support Nathan Childs in South Africa. We support... Brother Don Sturts and the Couriers for Christ who bring teams over primarily to Eastern Europe for evangelistic campaigns and to be an encouragement to those local pastors there. We support Mike Jewell, missionary to Brazil. We support Doug Ferret there in Alaska. We support Ben Jacobs in Brazil. We have been supporting, and we need to look into how we might continue this, Brother Joseph Garakapati, a a native Indian there in India who just recently passed away, and we're looking into how that support might be continued for that wonderful work that he did there in India. This church tries to be a blessing and the support and an encouragement to uh, Gerald Novak in Kenya, to Brother Maurice Young in Taiwan, to Seth and Nicole Stokes there in Vanuatu in the South Pacific, to Kevin Berg. He gets 
a sweet-smelling savor, an odor from this church as he ministers there to the Lakota Indians in South Dakota. Brother Don Thatcher from Michigan, from the Thumb area, now in Ireland. Brother B.J. Schultz, the son-in-law to the, uh, help me, Hedricks, Hedricks, yeah, son-in-law to, to the Hedricks there in Tanzania. Joshua Mead in Senegal, West Africa. To Nate Wright in Uganda. To Adam Friedenstein in El Salvador. You say, Pastor, are we a blessing and a sweet-smelling savor to all those people? Absolutely. Absolutely. And we're not finished. Brent Hoffman in Costa Rica. Aaron Bratton, International Board of Jewish Missions. Paul Johnson, whose mom and dad are here this morning. He's on the list. That's their son. And part of the rescue mission down in Atlanta, Georgia. James Zinker, whose grandma is here this morning. Missionary to England. Tom Rooney, missionary to England. Tim Chapman in Peru. Dan Payton, been supporting him a long time down in Mexico, doing a good job. Bethany Holman, a single young lady down in Peru. Jing Batak, a native Filipino serving in the Philippines. Edgar Arcalis, a native Filipino serving in the Philippines. Joseph Landingen, a native Filipino, but serving in Cambodia. And then my son was recently taken on for a two-year term, starting a brand new church there in Lodi, Wisconsin. And then we also support Camp Kobiak over in Prudenville, Michigan. The missionaries that we support span the globe, literally span the globe. It used to be said that the sun never sets on the British Empire, it can be said with accuracy that the sun never sets on a missionary from Mayo Baptist Church. And I think one of the reasons the Lord promises to bless and meet the needs of those who support missions is it is so commendable that people will give and sometimes sacrificially to help somebody on a foreign field in a different culture, in a different world, perhaps looking quite differently from us, somebody that we will never meet on this side of heaven, that I, I can't think of a more generous thing to do, a more selfless thing to do than that. And I think for that reason, God says, I'm going to meet your needs. He takes note of that. That's his nature. So what have we learned this morning? What's the case? It's important for what it means to missionaries. It's important for what it means to lost people. It's important to give for what it means to God. It pleases him. It's important for what it means to you. So I simply want to close this series on missions, not with some tug at your heartstrings, not with some intimidation effort, but just an appeal from Scripture. Would you pray, if you're already giving, 
And it's between you and the Lord. You pray about whether the Lord would have you increase your giving to missions. And maybe he's blessed you to a point here lately, and you can say, you know what, I can, I can do that. Yeah, I, I just hadn't thought about it. Thank you, Pastor. Or maybe heretofore you've not really had a heart for missions. You really didn't know that much about it. Thus, the emphasis this month, and maybe you will pray and you will start giving on, on top of your tithe to missions. And you can do it with this promise. Philippians 4.19, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Jesus Christ. This quote, this is a great promise. It involves the reciprocity of sufficiency. These Philippians had undoubtedly given from their meager resources. They were not wealthy people. Paul is saying to them, my God will reimburse you. He will supply all your needs. Since you supplied my needs, Paul says, with authority, God will supply yours. Spurgeon, of course, one of my favorite preachers to quote from England back in the late 1800s, says of that verse, Paul is saying, you have supplied my need out of your poverty. My God shall supply all your need out of his riches. Your greatest need shall not exceed the liberality of his supplies. Let's stand, please, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that the service was a blessing to you and that you were encouraged by God's Word. If you have any questions about Myo Baptist Church, please contact us anytime. You can find contact information on our website at myobaptistchurch.com. Thanks for listening.